Welcome in to another edition of the Tapping the Keg podcast, episode, episode. 502. Mitch on the other side of Zoom, probably here with you. We are talking Bucks first round opponent rankings. We're also going to do Brewer first week overreactions. Then we're going to have a little fun after after that, talking to Cheesehead Sally, talk about needing a suburban broadhouse and the burrito eating contest that is here in the city of Milwaukee. It's a little different at the end, but it'll be all the same. We're coming off. We're taping this right after the Bucks just got done beating the Chicago Bulls 105 to 92. And the Bucks are officially the one seed, which we'll talk about a little bit as well. I'm sure my guy Mitch is sky high right now if I had to guess how you're doing. But what's happening, man? I, I mean, I, yeah, I'm I'm pretty happy about that. I also want to try to keep it day by day, you know, one game at a time, every cliche that uh, that the team will throw out there. You know, I kind of yep. I kind of am. I, I would sound like a coach probably if you would if you'd really want my bucks takes out in the wild. I mean, you know, I yeah, we beat the Wizards the other night, but I was pissed we gave up 128. And <laughs> same thing with the, with the Pacers game, you know, last week. Um, that was making me lose sleep at night, but still got the win. And yeah, I mean, nice nice victory this evening against the Bulls. Um, they. I was getting pissed there, like in the third quarter. They, they went down by 10. Um, and I don't know. I guess I, I, I was a little worried because of PTSD from a couple of games against the Bulls this year. One yep. we attended uh, back in November. You had the one in, was it January? The blown lead? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, um, yeah, but really, I mean, Bobby Portis had it, had it on lock. And Bulls just couldn't make a shot. DeMar DeRozan's been awful here the last couple of games for them. Uh, Max Levine wasn't wasn't very good except for crying at the end there. Oh yeah, bit. yeah, he was. Uh, I don't know how he didn't get technical in that moment. Um, that was that's quite interesting that they were just like, all right, yeah, we'll let Levine just pick the body and draw him. But you know, technically, it's not that bad. I don't know yeah. how that how that all all works out, but uh, so be it. Yeah, that's, uh, you know, so overall, I mean, glad to have the one seed now. Um, As you mentioned in the review, playoffs come through Milwaukee all the way through, I think. I think they're number one overall, right? Yeah, you're damn right. And, yeah, like you said, we don't have to – we learned from from last year's uh, troubles and wouldn't have to worry about going anywhere else for a game seven. Um, I I did – uh weirdly enjoy being on the road back when they won the championship um that season something about that was i I, i'm pretty sure we've discussed this before about how in a weird way having game three and four at home is an advantage in in a way i mean yeah i mean um, yeah and and the bucks have the bucks have historically been bad as a team first game out right and they've struggled in those um they haven't won a ton um, and it's been a game where Mike Budenholzer feels people out, kind of sees what everybody's all about, sees mm-hmm. sees what adjustments are needed, and then by game two or three, they really kind of start putting up the screws. And yeah, I mean, well, and but and game one is the pressure's kind of off the road team, um, right? In a way, 
it's it's I mean the Bucks won game one in Boston last year and mm-hmm. it was like all right we stole we just need we needed to win one we got it done right away now obviously that was a good back and forth series but to win that game one it's it basically flipped home court advantage and um you know I don't know maybe we're getting negative I don't want to yeah, I don't no, get, I, I necessarily I, I want to mean, go down that road, but it's okay. I mean, we're gonna do a big playoff blowout thing, um, you know, next week, and we'll talk mm-hmm. in a lot more detail about the playoffs and kind of where everything is, and and yeah. But I, I think in general, it's a good feeling to get the one seed to know you're not playing uh, the either well, really, the Philadelphia 76ers in the second round, likely, um, and you're avoiding that altogether. Um, you are getting the easier of the seven, eight, which we're going to talk about here in a second. Um, everything works to your advantage. So while there are some yeah. concerns, which I, I think are legitimate, the, the, there are better payoffs and these are, those payoffs are good and they're going to work out because you look at, and again, this is probably more of a next week conversation, but you look at Cleveland or New York, those are two teams that, Either it's the Bucks match up really well with New York because I, I they think they do. Julius Randle has no idea what to do against Giannis Antetokounmpo. Um, none. He's struggled throughout. Like it's just been bad for Julius. Uh, and and Jalen Brunson is undersized against a six four Drew Holiday. I think that's where Drew Holiday's height comes into play. Like Jalen Brunson's still gonna maybe get a little bit of his, but you know it's it's gonna be difficult. And then against Cleveland. Cleveland has repeatedly shown themselves as not being ready for the big moment. Um, you know, gambling isn't everything. It's not, you know, I'm, some people like to make it to be, but they're, you know, against the spread numbers as underdogs has been terrible this year, which tells you, okay, when they fade, when they step up to the plate, they, they're not kind of ready. The lights get too bright. It's kind of like that, uh, that Trump viral video meme where it's like the lights, the lights are too bright. That's, that's Cleveland Cavaliers right now, in my opinion. I think next year might be a different story, but this year I think you, you still have you still don't have to have real conversations about them. Yeah, I mean the, the Cavs are Cavs do scare me a little bit just because of I mean the talent compared to compared to the Knicks overall. I think the mm-hmm. depth of talent is is there. The Knicks, I mean, it's basically Brunson and then Julius Randle has never scared me. So. I don't know. And RJ Barrett. I don't know. I mean, right. I mean, I mean, quickly and Grimes are playing really well right now. But again, sometimes you have to be careful with those guys playing really well in April, right? It's like who's bailing it in? Like they, I think both had 30 plus, but they had it against the second unit of the Indiana Pacers. You can't really take that that seriously. People will, though. I mean, that's just how it goes. Right. And the Knicks may have, may have peaked too early as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's very, very possible. So, well, let's uh let's get into more of the. I mean, I I guess other thoughts on the game tonight, just real quick, and then we'll get to our our topic. Is just, I think it's it just shows you what the Bucks can do with all their pieces, right? Like Wes Matthews tonight was incredible, and you do wonder is Wes sort of the convertible that they've just been keeping in the garage and just saying, all right, we're not really going to play you that much during the regular season. We need your full body for the playoffs because. We're going to face a lot of tough wings and we're going to maybe need to throw them at you. And then basically they, it's a relentless sort of a relentless sort of thing with the Bucks, where it's like, all right, we're going to go Jay Crowder. We're going to go Wes Matthews. Yeah. Joel Ingles can't really defend like he used to, but he can at least beat some guys up and kind of rough it up a little bit. 
So you just keep throwing guys at all the different wings and might probably should work out for you in the end. Yeah. Um, man, I, I, against Boston, man, I don't trust any of those guys against, against their wings. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I mean, it, we, it, it we would definitely it. have to be, it would definitely have to be by committee. I don't mind that idea. Um, but none of them can stay in front of either of those guys. Uh, and in fact, it's hilarious that, you know, last week we did the conversation, who would you rather yeah. face in the playoffs? Right. And my answer changed within 24 hours yep. because it, it was, while yes, that game was, the Bucs were never going to win that game probably. Um, looking back on it, obviously we all got excited. Everybody played. And you could basically tell from, from about the halfway through the first quarter, they were almost out of gas already. And um, and Boston was angry and yeah. they wanted it more. And the game obviously meant a lot more. And, you know, um, but it was pretty alarming that it just, Boston got everything they wanted. And yeah. um, now I would like to see, we really haven't gotten it much this year with both teams, you know, having no excuses. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, um, because you go back to the Christmas game. Yeah. Right. Bucks had had, had had a, a rough scheduling stretch every fucking time we played Boston this year, basically outside of the, the game that they ducked, um, mm-hmm. when they rested everybody, the Bucks have, have had, you know, either coming off a four game road trip and a back to back or like their 15th game in a different city in a row. Yeah. Right. And it, it just, it, I would, I would love to see, them in a playoff situation once again but of of those guys i i don't see why not Wes matthews um he probably would be behind jay crowder in my opinion yeah um i don't know if jay crowder is going to start we'll have to see what happens with middleton yeah um, i mean the middleton stuff aside i, I personally think it's precautionary but i mean real quick on jay crowder do you think He's gonna start for start for Grayson Allen in the playoffs. Is that you think that's what Bud's gonna roll with? Possibly against against Boston, maybe. Uh, might have to might have to be. It, it'll depend on what Boston does with with their team because they, uh, yeah, they can interchange a bit in their starting lineup as well if they want to go with Rob Williams and Horford. I yep. think that that would benefit the Bucks, in oh, yeah. my opinion. Um, because when Boston goes with Derek White in there instead, then that seems to open up a can of worms for the Bucks because we are a, more of a size-oriented team. And heaven fucking forbid Giannis guards one of Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum, and I understand why he doesn't, but um, you don't really want him guarding that, those guys, right. unfortunately. Yeah, I mean, I, look, and I don't want to do a bunch of Bucks Celtics because we'll do a lot on just the – outlook of everything in the playoffs next week but i think just to boil it down it's like yeah there's they they are a really legitimate matchup and i think it's very similar to 2021 where the nba finals will be played in the eastern conference in the third round and that year it was the second round with brooklyn but that you know it's two best teams and however the chips will fall that's how they'll fall and whoever comes out of it as long as they're not too beat up, they they should be the favorite heading into the NBA Finals. Yeah, 
Um, well, yeah, they're that, that, yeah, right. Exactly. That, that, I guess we'll have to wait and see what happens. Um, no doubt. Yeah. And, and the, before we even get there, you know, the Bucks have to play a eighth seeded opponent and there's a lot of options for who they could play as an eighth seed. So in honor of the Bulls tonight, I, I thought it'd be interesting to, you know, break down and rank, you know, who, who we want to see for the Bucks and kind of maybe talk through each, each quickly on, you know, what, what that matchup looks like. And, I will for the people because I think it's confusing, and I finally figured it out after. I think this has been the third fucking year of the play-in, so everyone's familiar. Mm-hmm. Basically how it works is the 7 and 8 will play each other first uh, in both conferences, and the winner of that is the 7 seed. Pretty simple. They Then the 9 and 10 play against each other, and the winner of that game advances to the loser of that first game. So it is not 7-10 versus 8-9, which I think some people think it is. It's not that. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's more for the casuals, more for those who, you know, the Pat Looses of the world who are just tuning in and playoff basketball, just getting them familiarized with, you know, how, how it all works. And I yeah. think sometimes that gets lost in the shuffle uh, for for the non-hoop sides. Which the 7-8 the game gets, it's an advantage to be in a 7-8 because then you only have to play one game if you win right. that. Yep. So that's, that's the sort of the benefit there. Instead of having to get two games in before you, then, then you, you know, now there are rest days in between, but um, you know, God only knows what would happen in those first two games. Um, right. And so. with, and with the, how it's broken out, I looked at today, the Bucks are almost guaranteed to play on Sunday, Sunday at some point um, because the second playing game is Friday night. Uh, I doubt that they're going to make the team go back to back. So it will be probably the Bucks playing on Sunday sometime, whether it's evening or, or afternoon, I would, I could, could see an afternoon thing for the books or an early start. Who knows? Obviously you just got to see how everything shakes out. Right. And if the Lakers well, make depend it, on, depend on who they play, but right, chances they, are, if you look at, if you look at the options, they're probably getting, I hope they don't get NBA TV, but I don't know. Yeah. We'll, we'll have to see. I mean, even if it's NBA TV, you get Lisa and Marcus at least for the the first series. So yeah, you have that going for you. Yeah. Um, and the teams that could possibly be are the Hawks, the Nets, the Bulls, the Raptors, and the Heat. Uh, the Nets currently are in the sixth seed. It looks like they are probably going to get that sixth seed, but you never know. Um, so we at least have to have to include them in this conversation. So, Mitch, how do you want to do this? Do you want to go through all your your list, my list, or do you want to talk about one to one and just sort of see who who we have as each? Um, I I we probably should have talked this out before, but that's okay. That's true. I mean, I have a list. Um, okay, yeah. Why don't you just give us your list? I'll get I and then we can go through, and I'll give my list, and then we'll just kind of go through go through each other's team. I want to see the most first, or team yeah, I would yeah. not. Okay, yeah. Let's so start who, who you want to see first. Well, it's the Bulls. I mean, I think I think you saw why tonight. I even mentioned it. I think in one of our last podcasts as well that um, the Bulls are just the best matchup for the Bucks. I think that uh, uh, if if Nikola Vucevic was a little more a little more aggressive on his three point shooting at times, he'd really really kill the Bucks. He already does, but there are just times where he's fucking wide open at the three point line and he he's just looking to pass. I mean that that's and it's just like, man, if he would have shot that, I guarantee you would have made that. Um, and with the Bucks drop coverage, that shot's there all the time. Um, but then you have DeRozan and Levine, who are 
very streaky. DeRozan's a little more consistent, in my opinion, especially against the Bucks. Um, but I don't know. I, I think if that's if that's the series, that's probably that's probably a sweep. Um, and yeah, you keep moving. Yeah, I I have the Bulls third on my list. I just my only concerns with the Bulls. I I agree with you from a matchup perspective. Is just the there's a real familiarity with the Bulls when it comes to playing the Bucks, just because they saw them in the playoffs last year. They played them four games this year. Like that's it's a lot of basketball or five games actually, right? Because Bulls did get a win. No, they swept. Is that right? I I'm trying to remember correctly. No. Bulls no, the Bulls, the Bulls won one or two, I think. Yeah, they won one in Milwaukee. That's right. Um, so the Bucks won in five. Um, yeah, I remember when that happened. Yeah, the, that was the Middleton injury day. Um, that when yep. he got hurt. And so um I I look at it as just I, I think there is some familiarity and that can lead to maybe an extra game. I still think the Bucs would be in good shape as you as you pointed out and you outlined, and this team has a little more to throw at DeRozan, what we talked about earlier what we saw tonight um i tonight gave me a ton of confidence though against the bulls and probably more than i than i probably have had all year just because the loss we saw was a dumb one the one they blew in chicago was dumb it seems like they're done playing dumb games against chicago which i think is is a good mm-hmm. one and what's weird about the bulls is they were they were playing so well and then all of a sudden the yeah. last two nights right uh, i kind of did the wheels kind of fell off yeah, and I, I think that's just a sign of a average team. Like, I don't know if they're going right. to win win today. They were down pretty – they've been trailing the whole game, trying to battle back. But the Pelicans, you know, are playing the JV Grizzlies tonight. No Morant, no Xavier Tillman. And they were losing the entire game at home. And the Pelicans looked really good down the stretch. And then all of a sudden they just kind of were like, oh, yeah, that's right. We're a 500 basketball team without Zion. So, you know, there you have it. All right, mm-hmm. who's next? who's next on your list? Next on my list is going to be probably Atlanta. Yeah. Um, for them, they're another again another extremely inconsistent team. Another, uh, I don't. I mean, I guess they're they've been a little better under Quinn Snyder, a little more organized, but with. Trey Young and DeJounte Murray, it's kind of a little discombobulated, especially in, in crunch time and things like that, because, you know, Trey Young wants the ball. Um, Got to have the ball. The only thing that scares me with Atlanta really is Trey Young's drop, you know, with the Bucks drop coverage, Trey Young is pretty much a killer. He's in that, in that defense, or when he sees that defense, he's got a nice floater. Right. He's got a lot of, a lot of James Harden in him offensively uh dribbles the air out of the ball and goes to the line a lot flops a lot um but also is, has a good floater and has that weird uh alley play you know that he'll throw to capella or whoever okongu whoever's in there um that's just about the only thing that scares me the bucks haven't played atlanta in a long time they played them like nope. three times in the first like two weeks of the year and i think correct. again around Martin Luther King Day, somewhere in there. Yeah, so they've been done right. with them for like three months almost. Yeah, it's and, crazy. And they're – obviously Atlanta has always had the last – I shouldn't say always, but the last two seasons or so they've had weird chemistry and John Collins is on the trade block. And I feel like you don't know what you'd get. You could, you could get – I mean, I have 
nightmares of AJ Green or AJ Griffin, excuse me. Yeah. Going going nuts in one of those early season games. And but that's the type of shit that probably isn't gonna happen in the playoffs. So um I I feel okay with Atlanta. Yeah, and I mean the other thing with Atlanta that's unknown against the matchup against the Bucks is Quinn Snyder's now the coach. Quinn Snyder was not there when the three Bucks matchups happened. So there is a little bit of uncertainty, as you mentioned. Um obviously they have a lot of do well, they really just have Capella and Okanwu to throw at Giannis. I would not consider John Collins a guy to throw at him. Sadiq Bay is kind of oh. who's starting for them is kind of like he has those moments where he's like, Hey, Sadiq Bay hasn't shot the ball a lot. I need to shoot. Um, and I, I feel like he's a non-factor. I, I actually think he might hurt them come playoff time. I, I the Hawks number one. I just I, I think they're a disconnected team. They've been 500 pretty much the entire year. They can't get one game above. I think it's been like 39 straight games or something like that where they've been one up, one down. Like they've not been able to develop any sort of consistency all season. And if that's the type of team you're seeing in the playoffs, that doesn't scream out to me. I can make a run. I think they're a team, and I have another one in in this list, that I just think they just kind of want the season to be over with. I think they're there, but. I don't know how much they they really have that much passion in terms of making trying to like pull an upset and be a be a David against the Goliath. Well, and trading Kevin Herter was clearly a, a mistake for them. Yeah, was, I mean, you know, a great floor spacer, and he's obviously been taking pretty much another step with Sacramento. So yeah, um, hate to see it. And, and as 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 I think it was Bill Simmons that said, you know, is this what happens when you have a, a Roy a Roy son run your run your team? I mean, they have a, a, co- a owner's son start running that fucking franchise who loves Trey Young and be like if Alex Lazary took over the Bucks and started running it, you think how much of a colossal disaster that would be? I mean, holy shit! I mean, I know he's not involved anymore, but Jesus Christ! <laughs> yeah, that's who who's in charge of their team? Uh, I don't know the name of the owner, but. If you look it up, like their owner's son basically has taken, you know, full reign of of the team, and he's really a big Trey Young guy, and he's like in his late twenties, early thirties, and he's just kind of running things right now for for the Hawks. What a mess! Oh yeah, big, big, big time. And the, uh, I mean, their, their their GM situation is oh yeah, weird. yeah, every, everything is everything's a little weird um, for that. So. Um, give me your uh, give me your number three. Uh, it's Miami for me. Oh wow! Okay, love that. All right, it's explain. Well, uh, Miami is obviously a weird team, uh, but Jimmy Butler will 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 scare you come playoff time. Um, regardless of what their record is, Miami, they're weird because they seem to always have somebody injured. Kyle Lowry is washed. Um, I think he's back now, but I don't know how much of a difference that makes. Uh, really, it's just, it's just Jimmy Butler is, is the only thing that really scares you about Miami come the playoffs. Duncan Robinson's, I can't imagine, would play a ton in a playoff no. series at this point. Um I don't know how much Kevin Love has. Bam is a good player, but seems to get neutralized a little bit by by the Bucks and kind of shits his pants against us. Yeah, he, 
moment gets a little too big for Bam. Um, and I had the heat last. I, I, I think it was not necessarily from I'm quote unquote scared of the heat. I'm not. I think the Bucks would take care of business. It's more about the wear and tear. I think they would just beat mm-hmm. you up. I just think it would be, you know, you'd have more bumps and bruises against the Miami Heat because that's the style that Spolstra preaches. Spolstra, you know, is like, they're not going to call every foul, and the refs yeah. don't, and it's bullshit, and we see it all the time. And, and yeah, I, I don't think the coaching edge is as significant as it was, say, when we were talking in the bubble, right? Um, I And that's not to say Spolstra lost the step. It's just he doesn't have the guys to probably be as good of a coach as he – as he could be. And as you outlined and yeah, unless the random Max Drews, Tyler Harrell games, but those games don't really happen in the playoffs. That's the thing. That's why, that's why people go crazy when they're like, Oh, it's the, it's the Jay Crowder game because those, those that there's a reason for that. Those don't usually happen. It's usually the stars shine the brightest. So um, I'm not, I'm not too worried about Miami. It's really more from a physicality standpoint that I, that I put the heat last um, on my list. And that's also partially why Toronto is, is last on my list in terms of teams. I don't want to see. I just, yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's, it's, it's nurse versus bud. It is uh, Fred Van Vliet never misses against the Bucks. Never has, never will. And um, their team is not what it was. And it's, I mean, they're definitely in 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 treadmill territory because they they just don't have enough to get to be a championship team, and they also don't have, you know, any trades to make necessarily at the moment. So, um, well, are are we sure though that here's my I've Toronto fourth, and there some of the reason the concerns you mentioned are are similar, but are are we sure Toronto's not one foot to Cancun though? Like Nick Nurse doesn't sound like he's going to coach that team next year. And there, there's something going on there. And is it, is it a Nick Nurse plays this guy? Like he's is Nick Nurse kind of hipster Tebow or not Tebow uh, Thibodeau? Like you look at the minutes those guys fucking yeah, play. It's a lot. And that's, like, that's true. That you'd got to think they'd be they'd be pretty exhausted by this point compared right. to most teams. Right. That, that, and, and, that's a decent point. Yeah. And and I just wonder, like, I still have the Raptors four. It's like, don't get me wrong. I, I there would be some PTSD that would hang out there, but I, I just, I just wonder, like, is this team, is this team kind of already thinking about, all right, I'm going to be in Cabo beating cheeks in like two weeks. Like, mm-hmm. I don't really give a fuck and I don't care about this coach. He's not going to be here. I don't know what this team's going to look like. And they're already they're kind of already on the next season. I also think a big issue for the Raptors is Scotty Barnes has been oh yeah bad this year yeah and after winning after winning Rookie of the Year last year he's yeah. he has epitomized sophomore slump and oh, yeah. <laughs> they kind of they played him out of position. I mean the Raptors are again a weirdly constructed roster, so yeah. they had to go out and get Yaka Pertle back to play center because they didn't really have a center. Scotty Barnes kind of was their center mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. You know, not ever going to shoot from outside. And while Siaka may have been on the actual depth chart, their center at the time, I think it was more like Scotty Barnes who kind of played more like a center. And I don't know if that that screwed him up. I feel like he's he's probably closer to a guard, ball handler, yeah. playmaker type guy, yeah. than some sort of center. 
I, I'd agree with that. And I, I mean, Sky Bard's a sophomore slump is so bad that Drake's going to probably put it in some sort of song. He's going to be like, I, I was I was sophomore slumping like my guy SB or something like that. I don't know. I'm not a rapper, but it's it's going to happen. Um, it's it's bad. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, I mean, it's not to say Sky Bard's can't come back. He can't bounce back with a new coach. But, yeah, I, I think a new new look for Sky Barnes is probably going to be helpful. So, yeah. And then to wrap it up with the Nets, we probably aren't there. I have them second. You have them fourth. Uh, my only – the reason I put the Nets high is just I look at that team, and that team is, again, what are they? I don't think they're one foot out the door. I think they would challenge the Bucs, but it's a, it's just a bad matchup for Brooklyn. It's been the entire year, whether it's the Bucs fully healthy, the Bucs kind of healthy. They've taken care of business against this version of the Nets with Jock Vaughn and Miles Bridges and Cam Johnson. Yeah, I guess I kind of forgot about the Nets, admittedly. No, it's okay. It's okay. Uh, I also don't know. They're not, how are they going to be in the play-in? Uh, well, yeah, they might not be. They, they have like a – well, I guess it's only a game and a half lead against Miami. Um, yeah. Yeah, so it hasn't been – I wouldn't say it's a, it's official official that they're going to uh, – so Miami tomorrow plays Philadelphia. Philly, I don't think, can get the two. I think they're – oh, yeah, you just said that. They're all locked in. So, Philly has nothing to play for. Brooklyn doesn't play tomorrow. So, Miami could get a – yeah, it's going to it's gonna be close. I'm not – it's going to come down to the wire. So, yeah, there is a slight chance the Nets get there, but it would take – probably take something colossal for the Nets to find their way into, into the plan. Yeah, and I think Brooklyn's been better of recently, the last week or two, but they – they have been pretty disappointing since the trade for the most part. Um, yeah. Which, which is kind of to be expected. You know, I mean, how do you, how do you handle that as an organization? And um, Cam Johnson's like a restricted free agent and who knows what, where his head's at. And Michael Bridges has been awesome for them yeah. because he's, he's a good player, but they don't have a star. They don't have yeah. a guy that's that that's going to get them more than one win in a series, probably. Um, yeah, it's. I mean, maybe I don't know. Philly, if if they do indeed play play Philly first round, there will be a familiarity there. I think at least yeah. with some of the guys. Yeah, and you know the Miles Bridges Philadelphia story will be beaten into the ground. Um, and you Mike know, Al, I'm sure Mike Kels, yeah, Mike thank you. Um, and it'll be beaten into ground, but yeah, there's a chance that they, they do something special, at least for, at least for one of those games. Yeah. It's, it's certainly possible, but yeah, I, I think the Nets would be a, a fine opponent. Cause I just, I don't think they're ready. Um, they're maybe a year or two away from, from really figuring it out. I think they, you know, they, they built a lot of their six seed off of the, the backs of Durant Irvin and, and that team earlier in the season. Mm-hmm. So, all right, man. Well, we'll do a lot more on the playoffs next week. Um, we'll find a time when it makes sense. It's going to be kind of difficult, which we'll talk off air about. Uh, but we're, we'll get it, and it'll be a lot of fun, and I'm excited to do this again. I'm excited to get back into the playoff mode, and it's, you know, first round is hopefully, you know, the heart rate stays low, but I'm sure there'll be games where, you know, you're we're standing – Five minutes left uh, down the stretch, just tight buttholes, making sure the Bucks pull it out. Yeah, it's it's you're right. Get ready for the for the roller coaster. It is uh, 
It's really the best way to describe it in the yeah. NBA playoffs. I mean, there's nothing. I mean, baseball playoffs are kind of like that, um, but it is it's just such a grind. I mean, and that's and yeah. that's one thing that just real quick. That's one thing that people forget about with like the load management shit. And it's like, dude, the playoffs are fucking two months. If yeah, two and if a half things go according I mean, to plan. Two and a half, three. Man. I mean, yeah, they're long. Well, it's definitely not three, but I mean, oh, you're right. No, you're right. It's two. I'm it's sorry. two at my, most. I got my months wrong. I apologize. Yeah, that was a mistake. It's middle of April to the middle of June. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything yeah. goes well. But yeah, it's, it's I'm, I'm an idiot. And and these are high high leverage games, and you know, guys have to cover a ton of spacing and shit like that. So, um, yeah, if Giannis has to take a game off with two games left, then I'm back to back. I'm I'm okay with that, just because you know I don't know what's up with his wrist and all that, his hand, but. Um, you're gonna need that thing. <laughs> oh, yeah. That. yeah, yeah. No, no, no question about it. All right. Let's uh move on to the Milwaukee Brewers, the red hot Milwaukee Brewers. Five yeah. and one to start the season. They swept the New York Mets. They have won five straight since losing opening day. The Brewers could not hit the broadside of the barn for the first basically two games, uh, until the eighth inning of game two. And everyone was kind of like, well, same old Brewers, just like last season. And since then, they have been an absolute juggernaut. Now, the balls might be juiced. I don't know. Um, that's, I think, a conversation that's going to start percolating around baseball uh, as the weeks mm-hmm. go on. If you've seen some of the run totals uh, in the first few weeks, yeah, uh, but it's go, could, go that ahead. Just, could that just be the, the pitch clock? Oh I mean, yeah, I mean, or pitchers the shift. are yeah, no, pitchers I are uh, are a little rushed, and everybody's a little rushed, and I don't know. These games are flying, man. Oh yeah, and it's uh, it's awesome. Um, I do have now. I don't have to worry about doing any post game shows anymore. So <laughs> I guess that angle of it is, God, that'd be so awesome to cover teams now. I yeah. Mean, if you're if you're Todd Rosiak or somebody, you I mean you got to be just a pig and shit. Oh yeah, these games nope. are these games are done in two hours and forty minutes. Yeah, and for the most part. I mean today's game, uh, Wednesday's game was a little longer. Uh, I think it was two forty five, but um, yeah, the games have been flying, and I think that that's part of why the offense is up. Unless there was the balls might have been doctored at American Family Field this week because. We have not seen offense like that in fuck, I don't even know, five years. I mean yeah. it it just felt like every game the last couple of years was just such a grind. And and I don't remember every ever seeing, you know, outscoring an opponent by as much as they they did the Mets in this series. Um and it's been it's been a dream start, I think, for for the Brewers this year. And I think I don't know if you asked me or I, I know we've talked about just uh, you know, in the last month or so about you know going into the season and with the way the fans were kind of down on the team what if they start off great and we kind of got our answer i mean yeah every absolutely. everybody is everybody is is on the bandwagon again i mean yep. at this time now i don't know <laughs> we'll see it's a long season um but you really couldn't have asked for a better start just just to just to wash away the way last season ended and yeah. really Really, the last few years. 
Yeah, it's a good mouthwash. I didn't think of it that way, but it's a good mouthwash, right? It's a good, like, all right, spit it out. It's over. Hater stuff, over. Corbin Burns stuff's percolating because of what, you know, his start. But at, other than that, it's there. there isn't much drama. And it's ever all the focus is on the young guys. And they all just seem super happy to be here and fired up to be here. You know, mm-hmm. the if the quotes from Trang and Trang's family being there, and then you had Garrett Mitchell yesterday saying, oh, only good things happen when my wife isn't here. And that, you know, went viral. And I think Barstool covered it. We covered it on Tab of the Keg Sports on Instagram. I think I'll TikTok on it uh, by the time you probably listen to this as well. Like, it's just, it's one of those things, right? And it it, it starts bringing bringing people back, bringing people into like, all right, mm-hmm. I am, ex- I'm expecting offense. Like the fact the Brewers won a game where Corbin Burns gave up six runs and looked pretty pedestrian and they still won that, ba- that baseball game. First of all, it speaks to the bullpen, but second of all, it speaks to the offense. Yeah. And it, it, it speaks to what this offense has done. And it, if you get that sense, and I, again, it's one week and we can overreact and we can be hyped up. But if you get that sense that you're never out of the baseball game, like that's a weirdly great feeling. Like that's an underrated great feeling about a baseball team where we, and we haven't felt that probably since 2018, maybe where it's like, okay, we we're down five to one here in the seven, but you know, a couple guys on we're back. We're right back in this big booping and blast. Like we're ready. We're right back in. And it's realistic. It's not just kind of hoping and praying and, Bill Schroeder just trying to keep spirits high on the Valley broadcast. Yeah. It's like you, again, only six game sample, but you look at the lineup and I don't know, it looks pretty good outside of, I mean, Yelich has been yeah not great, uh, but I, I don't know how much you really were expecting out of him at this point. And also it doesn't glare as much when you have the production around him. And mm-hmm. let's, I mean, think about it. Brian Anderson's been awesome. And Jesse Winker has been awesome outside of, you know, the three young guys that everyone's talking about, but those guys like were, were definitely prime for a bounce back. I mean, Jesse Winker was banged up last year, seems to be healthy and is, is contributing at come up with some timely hits and Anderson, obviously three homers already uh, in the series. Right. And mm-hmm. Um, that's a guy that's was kind of stuck in Miami, if you will, and also injured. And you know, maybe, maybe now he's in a maybe he's just rejuvenated. I don't know, and maybe he has an opportunity. I can't imagine. The thing is, the Brewers have kind of a logjam all of a sudden. Yeah, I mean, you've got like, I mean, people are gonna go fucking nuts if if one of those three young guys has to go back down. For, for I Tyrone Taylor. I, I, oh yeah, I didn't even think about Tyrone Taylor. Yeah, I mean the Tyrone Taylor part is yeah, it's very interesting of like kind of what do you do? Um, I I didn't even think about Tyrone Taylor. I always thought you were talking about Luis Urias and like well, the fact too. that yeah, but Tyrone's the more immediate, and it's like where how do you balance that? Do you do you just DFA Owen Miller? I mean, it's a great story, but. I think you have to I think you have to look at what's what's happening here. You have to sense it. I would say that Owen Miller is more on the choppy block and now he had a hit today and was fine, but I I look at that and say, all right, I think Owen Miller is in more of a quote unquote trouble than sending down Joey Weimer because 
Yeah. But what what has Joy Weimer said done to you where he's like, wow, this kid isn't ready? I mean, now at some point this is gonna this is gonna kind of swing the other way because that's just how it goes. You can't can't ride this 162. I did have like a quick thought that I'm like, is this just Marquette all over again? Where I'm just gonna think it's gonna drop the other shoe's gonna drop and it's just not, and it's gonna be awesome the entire year. Probably not, but I at least thought about it, so I want I want it on the record. Um, and but yeah, if Joey starts struggling, then yeah, maybe you do send him down and you you're like, all right, just get get more at bats, get fresh. But yeah, it's he's not gonna play as much when Tyro Taylor is, See, is back in. The thing I hate about that and is that it's I hate jerking guys around. Yeah. And it sucks. It's it's kind of a necessary evil probably at some point, but there's Keston Hira is probably one of them where, you know, he burst on the scene pretty much and kind of didn't really, you know, he kind of leveled out and then you, then you send him down and nobody thought that day would come and it did. And then his confidence is shot. Now, I don't know. It, Weimer might be a little more kind of on house money right now where it's like, man, I didn't really expect to be up right now. And I had to come up the second game of the season because of an injury. And, you know, I was the 26th guy. And, uh, which by the way, do they not have 28 man roster anymore? No, no, they wow. got rid of that. I, was I just COVID. put that. I forgot about that. That was a COVID drill. Yeah. No, wasn't they... it? Wasn't it? No, it wasn't it 27 though. No. Yeah. Might be 20s. I don't know. It's I, I'll look at it. See what it is for you. I but... forgot about that. I, I thought they added two. Did they add two roster spots? Uh, I don't think the, that was just a COVID thing. Uh, it's okay. So it's twenty six right now. It's twenty six. Okay, twenty six. Right. Okay. Yeah. Um. So I, I apologize. And Weimer no, was the twenty seventh right. guy, and um, you know maybe maybe he's just thinking he's he's kind of on house money at this point. So I don't know. Well, and and you know you you wonder if you start thinking about do you I I like Tyrone Taylor a lot, but do you think about trading Tyrone Taylor? Right? Is this like Sure. An Adamus like deal, but the other way around. Remember, the reason they they traded JP Fireisen and Drew Rasmussen, and Drew Rasmussen is a legit pitcher now for the Rays. He's in their rotation, is because they had too many, they had too many starters, they had too many pitchers, and they needed help in their infield. And Luis Urias wasn't cutting it, and they got Willie Adamas. And I killed David Stearns for that deal, by the way. I, I was against that deal. I didn't understand that deal. I was obviously a fucking idiot for thinking that way. Um, but it, you just wonder, would they do that now, knowing Aaron Ashby might miss the season with that shoulder injury, which isn't great. Um, and you're, so your starting starting depth now isn't as strong. Is there a team that maybe has, is a little long in the tooth in starting lineup and could use a, a powerful guy against left-handers? The only reason you'd maybe keep Taylor is because he's great against left-handers. And while today was really successful against the left-handed pitcher has not been a strong suit for the Brewers in the past. Yeah, that's probably what's going to have to happen. I mean, between him or Arias at some point, some, somebody's going to have to probably go. Well, and, and you have kind of get squeezed out. And sorry to interrupt, but you have Freelich too. Like Freelich yeah, is a left-hander, exactly. but like Freelich's tearing the cover off the fucking ball. He's, obviously ready there's just no room so it's like what do you what do you do and did they i i 
I, I, they were really high on their young guys. What was crazy about this is like, from like what you read at the, you know, over the winter, things like that, the Brewers felt really good about their young talent. And the kind of the scouts are like, yeah, I'm not sure if they're that good. You know, Brewers might be kind of juicing up their own supply. And they might have been right. They might have been right. And it's early, long way to go here. But all signs are pointing upward. And that feels good, right? Uh, I also think we mentioned briefly, but the bullpen being pretty reliable so far has been all right. I mean, haven't been a ton of big, like, situational moments yet. But it's not – it doesn't want to make me pull my hair out, which it's a good start, right? And I was – I felt like that was my biggest worry. And Matt Bush has pitched two quick innings, two uh, scoreless innings so far. And I'm like, all right, maybe can we do this? Is this actually going to be the Matt Bush I expected last season? And, and that that guy that would that basically had a lot to do with the Brewers not make the playoffs is is that of Barry. Well, right, and the bullpen basically won them the game on Wednesday. I mean, yeah, to pick to pick up Corbin Burns, who's been the lone the lone uh, yeah. Bad spot, I suppose, for the team so far, uh, yeah. unfortunately. Um, but, yeah, Homie Milner has been good. And your boy Peter Strzelecki has been fine. Devin Williams is always going to let two guys on. But, um, you know, generally finds a way to get out of it. Got a we'll little K-Rod we'll, in him. Well, yeah, I was just about to say the K-Rod tribute. Uh, that's, yeah. that's what that is. That's, that's the K-Rod tribute, but yeah, I still would obviously like to, you know, down the road, trade deadline, find another arm yep. Yep. Um, that, that would, uh, you know, be able to help, but that's, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. Right. So far uh, so good though. I mean, the early returns, like most of the team are positive. Yes. Yes. And then just the, the burns, the burns part of it. I, I, I think there are so many factors. I, I'm not going to pull any sort of panic button. I think you, I have two, two to three more starts before I'm really, I really start worrying about it. I mean, it's, it might be a new ball. It It's a new catcher. Him and Contreras just have yeah. to, you know, get on the same page, make sure like that they are, you know, speaking the same language. Um, and then, and then well, also and f- for whatever reason, he's, his cutter is missing and like, he's missing his spots. He's not finishing the cutter and yeah. that's, you know, that's his go-to pitch. So yeah, got to get that going and whether right. that's a Contreras or what, I don't know. Or it's your pre he's pressing because of the whole arbitration stuff and the new agent and he's trying to, you know, kind of That'd be awesome. Try- yeah, exactly. And he's he's doing too much and he just needs to settle down. And it's like, hey, dude, you're going to get your money. And we didn't think less of you. We love you. Like it's it's the business. And we've talked about it. And and that this is what it is. And, and maybe it's just that reinforcement. And and I will. The only thing I'll say in the negative on this is Burns was kind of rough throughout some patches of last year post All-Star break. And yeah. it kind of got ignored because of all the hater drama and the offense being bad. But Burns had some moments where it was really it was really kind of rough. So I I just I don't think it's again worth panicking. Well, it about. wasn't it wasn't this bad. And it no. and it was he he went from pretty much dominant to you know human again. Right. In right. the second half. I but I mean I will agree. I, I understand your point. He was he was not, you know, 
he was not free of guilt. That's for sure. When it yeah. when it comes to or free of blame, when it comes to the the way shit went after the All Star break as well. Oh yeah, I don't know. He yeah, pretty much burn all that tape as far as I'm <laughs> concerned. Yeah, burn the tapes. It never happened. Uh, I don't know what you're talking about, but yeah, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting here. You got the Cardinals this weekend. Might be getting the Cardinals at the right time. I mean, it's yeah. always you always get bullshit against the Cardinals, but they've been they've been shaky uh, to start the year, and they've not been they've been putting up runs, but they haven't been uh, keeping runs in the yard. So, might be the well, right time. You get the Cardinals now, and you don't see them again until like because the schedule's all balanced now. You don't you don't see them at they're not they're not coming back to Milwaukee till like September. After, oh yeah, that's after right. The series this weekend. Well, that is crazy. You are um, you're absolutely right on that. It was also huge to play the Mets now because there's no question in my mind the Mets are going to be probably a 90 plus win team, mm-hmm. and to get them now and uh, and sweep them is I don't know nice to kind of bank those wins. I guess is what, it, I'm, what I'm saying. No, you're right. I mean, compared, I, to, see, compared to seeing them in July when they're listen thirty I games thought, above five hundred. I thought the rolling. exact same. I thought the exact same thing, and I thought the same thing about playing San Diego next week. Is San Diego is three and three so far? They uh, their bullpen looks like trash. They can score again. They can put up runs, but they've had some real issues keeping leads. And their bullpen, it's like we once we get to Josh Hader, we're good. The problem is we can't get to Josh Hader. Um, and that seems to be a problem right now for San Diego. So you might be getting San Diego at the right time. It's it's brutal that they have to do three three game or uh, three city three city, like, West three Coast city trip, tent. Yeah. yeah, that's tough, man. And that's gonna it's gonna test the young guns, man. That's same thing and, happened last year though. That they they had like a, a long West Coast trip. And I think it was like a ten game in eleven days or something. Um, early in the year as yeah. well, because remember that was. That was the that was the excuse last year was, <laughs> well we you know we had all these road games the first half of the season and they started off hot time. though last year though well, last I year mean they... yeah they, they were they were fine and then um, I'm just saying like I guess we had that ace in the hole that it was like well we have a ton of home games in September yeah and it ended up not mattering but, no um, no it, it was it was certainly. It was certainly not a thing, but uh, yeah. And with those young guys, like I'm sure they're all upstanding gentlemen, but you gotta like, that's a little bit different to be out on the road. We we've seen it with the Memphis Grizzlies. Now they reined it in after all the drama that happened with John Morant, but like there was real conversations that, yeah, the Grizzlies kind of didn't know how to handle themselves on the road. Now the Brewers have some veterans and I think it'll, it'll be better, but it's at least something you have to, you have to keep in mind. Um, and baseball is different because there's really no such thing as an off day. No, so, no, not really. Um, it's it's like game days or travel days, basically. Yeah. So I don't. Those fucking guys don't even know what city they're in half the time. <laughs> yeah, that's that's probably true. Yeah, the Brewers had looking back at last year, they didn't have much in April, but they had some brutal ones in May where they were in Atlanta, Cincinnati, and Miami. Then they got a week at home before going back out to San Diego, St. Louis and chicago so that was that's pretty rough yeah yeah they also had like four west coast trips didn't they yeah something like that i mean the wheels fell off then in june right after that road trip the wheels fell off they had that dramatic walk off against the padres um and then after that the wheels the wheels started to uh, to teeter and 
and uh, they died of dysentery when they traded Josh Hader. Yep. So we'll have to see. It'll be it should be a fun weekend. I will also be curious to see attendance numbers. Um, obviously Easter weekend, so you know some people might be back in town. Maybe there's a little more excuse. I was there Tuesday night. There's only about twenty thousand, which is to be expected. Uh, but still a lustful crowd. Like still everybody was into it, and you know the Brewers are Brewers yeah. That did. that game but, after opening day is always. I mean, it's it goes back to reality. It's just oh a, yeah. It's just a Tuesday night game during oh, the school and, year. And it was cold. And, it was And it was, it was fairly cold and raining and all that. And so, uh, you know, only, eight, I think, 18,000 at the game on Wednesday, which, again, a 1240 start businessman special. Yeah. You know, the problem is all the businessmen were there on Monday. So, yeah, yeah, uh, exactly. They already took, they already took the day off. They, they don't have a, they don't have an extra. That's just retired folk like my dad who are, who are at the game, at the game today. He, he wasn't there today. He was jealous that he was, that he was he wasn't there today. Retired folk and trailer trash, basically. Is that <laughs> <Yeah>. the- <laughs> exactly. There was there was a uh, there's a like a guy celebrating his 42nd birthday yesterday, um, and he was very drunk for a Tuesday. And <laughs> I've learned not to ju- judge people who get drunk on random days. Come like, well, you know, maybe they're maybe they're a service worker. Maybe you know, it's like they're off day. It's their Saturday, and they were just getting yeah. ripped up. And so I've tried to be better about it, but man, was that guy drunk for a Tuesday. They were so fired up to go to spit back to Spitfires. I was like, <laughs> if it wasn't Tuesday, man, maybe I, maybe I would do the same. Jackson's blue ribbon nearly left us. Um, took him for a while. We got a lot of they excuses. Were, they and, were, they were excited to go back to Stally cat. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't hear the story about how you accidentally got into West Dallas's shuttle. Um, uh, last when you took jackson's oh i did not i did i did not do the same yeah i fucked that up um that's hilarious it wasn't the end of the world but it cost me probably an hour yeah having to having to get out get on i just see jackson's blue ribbon pub all right cool and then (laughs) we start going and i'm like wait a minute we're not we're not going to the one on blue mound are we we're not we're not a total we're not in kansas anymore yeah it, I asked the guy because, well, one guy who was like, he must be a regular there, was like, oh, this never happens. Like, he was familiar with the drivers. Guess the guy's name was Jay. It's an old guy. And he's like, he's like, yeah, this never happens. So I'm like, oh, great. So the first time I used this in the suburbs, because like I was thinking to myself, I'm like, all right, does it make more sense to take a shuttle from like that place or just drive down to a Kelly's or something, then take their shuttle in and then just drive home? Cause you know, those Kelly shuttles just, they go in and out and, you know, but anyways, it's, it's all logistical and uh, you'll, I'll find my way. I just wish there was one in walking distance. Like there was when I, I lived right by Brady for so many years. Yeah. All right. On to the fun stuff, a little rap rapid fire stuff that we have. I, I don't know if I want to make it a full on segment. I used to have this thing called the Wisconsin shot scheme where I just went through like three topics. They weren't that, that important in the grand scheme of things. Um, I, and I don't want to like officially tag it as a segment because usually we have like three or four things to talk about, but the Roger stuff, I mean, I I'll do tomorrow and there's a lot of burnout there, I think for everybody and who knows what, what's even more worth talking about. So just do it a little bit differently and we'll stay with the Brewers, Mitch. They have adopted a cheesehead 
for their celebration uh, for home runs. Are you in or out on the cheese head? So I hate the cheese head with a kind of a burning passion. I just think it's, I don't like when people call, don't ever call me a cheese head. Um, you'll kill, you'll kill them. You'll just be like, I'll kill you. Pretty much. And I just think it's stupid. Okay. Um, but they can do whatever they want. I, I, I wish that, you know, I guess you got to have something new. You can't have the same things from last year. Like was, when was the bell? Was the bell? Was that last two was- years ago? Bell was last year. They did a lot last year. Remember, I, I think it was Mark DeRosa, who then was the coach at Team USA, was like, when you have, like, too many things, like, I, he's like, I've been on teams where I have a thing, and then I've been on teams where we have a bunch of things. And usually the teams where we have a bunch of things aren't very good. We're just worried yeah. about those things. So maybe, you know, it was Council or it was Pat Murphy, that red ass, was like, hey, maybe just bought. Just like let's tone it down just a little bit. Maybe let's just pick one thing, and and that one thing is the cheese head. Yeah, and unfortunately, it's we'll see if it lasts. I, I guess it's it will. Going, oh, it's gonna last. It's it's here. I I, I I'm just, I hate hate to break it to you. It's here. It's, it's not such, such low hanging fruit. I mean, oh, it is. Look, it is. And I would have I would appreciated something else. I would appreciated like. A wrestling belt, a fake beer chug, maybe. Like who the fuck came up with that? I bet it was Yelich. I feel like he's corny enough to do that. Um, maybe Rowdy Telez, I could see that. Um, Dude, let's it, let's let's do let's wear cheese heads after we hit a home run. The fans will love it. It's and it's like it, it's that de- it's definitely one of the Caucasian guys. I mean, I know Rowdy's part Mexican, but it's like one of the Caucasian dudes. There's no way Willie Adams came up with a cheese head. Not a chance. Well, I don't know. You never know. You never yeah, know. That's, that's true. It's true. I could be. I could be stereotyping. That's that's totally fair. It's possible. Um, you know. It, it, but I just. It seems like a corny AJ Dillon type thing to do. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Can AJ well, Dillon? Was fucking AJ Dillon. That's speaking, of, AJ, speaking of AJ Dillon. Can AJ Dillon just take a fucking break? Like I, I appreciate AJ Dillon. But like we're hovering on Donald Driver territory with with AJ Dillon, like he's your cool hip Donald Driver, like that's it. And uh, I mean it's good. I mean the brands are gonna love it. And he was chugging beers at at AmFam on Tuesday. He was at the Bucks game on on Wednesday. He was at the Brewers game on Wednesday too. Like the guy's just getting it in before he has a kid. Like you know it's just which I, I guess I don't blame him, but it's it's interesting. It's uh it's an interesting approach. Well, he's got a long way to go to be Donald Driver. I mean, oh, I know. Yeah, you got to actually like have gotta, stats gotta, to back it up. You got to do something, right? But I mean, AJ, even if he's not great, he'll still cash checks. Like Derek Mays ca- cashes checks, right? Chris Jackie fucking cashes checks. So like, guy. yeah, exactly. They, you don't have to be good to cash checks. You just have to Gary say, Ellerson. You, yeah, she just has to say, I'm a former Packer. And <laughs> that's, that's what's going to thank you to cash a check. Uh, but yeah. Uh, so yeah, she said, she said, I'm okay with it. I agree. Could have done something different. I, I would have, you know what, a shotgun would have been great. But I, I guarantee you, someone would be like, Are we sure this is the right message to be sending to our kids? I have my fucking t- 10 year old shotgun and after he hits home runs, which I'd be like, That's awesome. That's great. 
Um, but I guess you know, shotgun in a juice box. Yeah. Yeah. I I think, I think if you see your kid shotgun in a juice box, you got to ask some questions about yourself and, uh, kind of where, where it all went wrong there. Um, or what, or what I'm in for, for the next five to 10 years. All right, moving on. So we also have a thing that I brought up in the importance ranking podcast that I did on Tuesday about, and this is very selfish, self-interested in you and I, that we both live close to each other. Uh, people will probably be appalled that we do this over Zoom and we live five minutes away from each other, but it, it works out. It's easier for us. We don't need to explain it. The haters are sick. They're furious, but we, we probably need a suburban bar location just as like a, yeah. a proxy bar. Like I still think big games. We still do Broadhouse. We see our guy, Timmy. I was just there Saturday. The vibes were immaculate. They got new menu items. I had a honey mustard brat, Mitch. It was fantastic. Um, but I, I feel like the Thursday nights, Friday nights, like we kind of need that suburban bar. And I, I just don't know which, what it's going to be. Yeah. Um, that's, this is probably an online convo because I don't know. Oh, totally. I, I, uh, uh, offline convo. I, I mean, I don't know what, what we'd have to come up with a list of candidates, I guess. And uh, yeah, we, I mean, this is actually, you know what, really, this is our fault. Like we should have been doing this all, all, all yeah, winter. There, like this, there needed, there needed to be some, some preseason yeah, scouting. This, yeah, we fucked up here. This, I mean, this is bad. Like we, well, just, like, I mean, we, I guess we, we did do some, um, but a lot of the returns weren't great, I suppose. Yeah. Right. We did the famous podcast about how we, had, we had an awful experience, but granted we just went out for like college football Saturday night. And we just realized that the suburbs doesn't watch sports. Like we do. They just, they just go to get away from their kids. They don't really give a fuck about what's on the TV. They're just trying to get away from their shithead kids at the house, which I, I guess I get. Um, and, then, and then, I mean, obviously a place like drunken Cobra comes to mind, Yeah, but then see, it's I, like, but then little- it's like if if you're gonna, I've I've always had the thought of like, if you were you and I were gonna go all the way to you know st- uh, state in Tosa, you might as well fucking go downtown, right? Because it's basically just as far, probably just as expensive to get there in an Uber, and I mean at that point you might as well go downtown. So we may need to look more in the uh, New Beasy area and and all that good stuff. Yeah, so I, I guess I'll put it out to the people. Um, if you have any Brookfield or New Berlin locations that would be worth our uh, our patronage, let us know. Uh, maybe we can do an early recon um, and and figure it out. But yeah, it's it's definitely there. All right, last thing, it is the it's World Burrito Day. This is happening today on Thursday down at the Deer District. There is a burrito eating contest for Kidoba. Joey Chestnuts here. Badlands Booker is here uh, nice. to, eat bur- to eat burritos. And I just, I want to know how many burritos you think you could put down. Like, how many, burritos. How many burritos do I think you could put down? No, I mean, you could, you could handicap myself. You could handicap you. Like, what do you, what do you think, you know, how do you think either of us would do eating a bunch of burritos? So we're talking like just a normal, like Qdoba size. Yes. Size burrito. Yeah, untimed. We will go untimed. I mean, they untimed. they have ten minutes. They have ten minutes, but which is crazy. And I don't know how many they're going to put down in ten minutes, but I'm sure it's going to be an astronomical amount. Professional that, eater like that, especially like 
Joey Chestnut, who's basically the goat of professional eating. Uh, I bet you that dude gets like 15 of them in 10, 10 minutes or maybe more. I'm so, sure it's. So, yeah, I, I agree. I don't I don't know how you're going to be able to, like, keep those burritos together. Like, if you think about the hot dogs, they, like, oh, dip no. them in the water. Like, I love Qdoba, don't get me wrong, but, like, the tortillas are a little flimsy. I mean, they're not – like, they don't stay, stay together. Like, they fall apart when you're eating your burrito at times. Like, they're going to really have to pack those fuckers tight to make sure that they don't fall apart. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's that's for, for the judges to, I right. guess, handle. No. And I, if you're asking me, realistically, in 10 minutes, I could probably do two. But I don't know. Yeah. Three, three might not be off the table. I, I don't know. I could probably – I think two would be fine. I'm not a great competitive eater. Um, Some who would listen to this podcast, I, I, we one time had a uh, – fish fry eating competition at the mine shaft. Um, it was Doe's and his brothers. Nice. And I did not do well. Um, In yeah. Yes. There, they have an all you can eat fish fry there. And, I and I finished near the bottom. Um, it was stunning. Uh, still stunning today. Could it be a 30 for 30? Um, I was, I was a heavy favorite heading in and I just, I fell apart. Yeah. Well, I, I one time I did a I think I did a pie contest in like high school one time. Yeah, how did that go? Uh, probably not as good as you'd think. Yeah, there was I, a the only, the only reason I remember that is because I was I don't know if probably Fant sent me a picture of of me my year my picture was in the yearbook of me with my face in a pie. No one likes to keep receipts like Michael Fant. Um, oh, I mean that guy talk about <laughs> just has a burn book. I think yeah. you know oh, yeah. he can incriminate anyone. Heaven forbid any of us tries to run for president. Um, Fant would have something against it. Oh God, yeah, he's he's a he's a database for sure. <laughs> and I, and I'm sure everybody has. But go ahead. So the your your pie eating contest it, it didn't go hot, huh? I don't even hardly remember it, but I I mean just being a just being a fucking mess. That's all I remember. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I'm kind of like you. I like to enjoy my food. And yeah, uh, I honestly I I. The last few years, I've kind of thought the – I can't really even watch the hot dog eating contest the last few years. I just think it's so disgusting now. Oh, wow. Man, progressive Mitch. Um, just, you know, that's uh, that's a quite – It's fucking gross to watch that slop. Yeah, I mean, I don't – look, I don't get, like, that gassed up about it. If I miss the, if I miss the hot dog eating contest, I'm going to cry myself to sleep. No. Just something um, else people can gamble on. That's the only reason it's fucking. Yeah, crazy. yeah, it's something like that. And also, though, if you if you're gambling on that, like seek help. Like that's bad. Like that's there's just time and a place for everything, right? So, um, all right, all right. Well, that does it for today's show. Uh, master start today, Mitch. Do you have a pick on who you think's going to win? Just real quick. Um, if I knew anyone that was playing, that'd probably help. Okay, so the the three favorites. <laughs> No, I, I mean, I, I the have three idea. favorites. The three favorites are uh, Rory, uh, Sky Shuffler, and, and John Romer, the three three favorites. And now, is then, Dustin Johnson playing it? He is, yeah. So He's the lip guy, the lip guys, it. he has won it. He won it in the COVID year, so kind of a Mickey Mouse. So lay dust or uh, dust Disney. What would we call him? Uh, something like that. Like it's a it's a Mickey Mouse master. Some people say. Yeah. Really though? I mean, it's golf. No, well, 
to get more technical in it, it the it, it's a different growing pattern in the fall. So I played it in the fall of 2020. Oh, right. And so the conditions were completely different. And Dustin Johnson had like a tw- it was went 20 under. So like it actually was like a a different course. And it was there weren't as many people, obviously, because of COVID. So yeah, it was it wasn't as bad as the bubble, but it was pseudo pseudo Mickey Mouse for Dustin Johnson. Okay. Um and the reports about Tiger Woods are not great. His press conference didn't didn't go so well from what I heard. No, no, it uh I mean there's also gonna be bad weather this weekend. Um and uh so there it doesn't look good that Tiger is there. Max Homa, I feel like, is the popular one. Um everybody loves Max Homa. Um one of my guys, uh Sice is bet is betting on Homa, so now I, I feel like obliged on it. Um, but I also worry, is he too sexy? Um, I, I really like Tony Finau. Um, I, Morikawa hasn't been great, but he's been, he's always around come master's time. So yeah, I, I mean, there are guys, right. And it what, about Brooks, boy, what about your boy, uh, Willie Zalatoris? Uh, Will's been, so Will said, according to him, he's like, oh, I'm healthy now. Like he's, he's been really dog shit for the last few weeks, but he's like, oh, I'm healthy now. I just. I think for Zal Torres to win his first ever PGA tour event at a major, like I, he's been there so many times, but at the same time to, to actually win it and finish it is a lot different story. Um, everybody's hyped up about Cam Young, but there are some advanced metrics that don't really put Cam Young in that conversation. It's, it should be a really awesome tournament. I really hope the rain give me, doesn't give fuck, me Justin fuck it Thomas, up. lock it in. All um, right, there it is. Justin Thomas for Mitch. Uh, Mitch's masters. Um, we'll do this every major for Mitch. Um, we should just, I, I, I still advocate getting you in the golf league would be fun just for, just for content purposes, but, um, we will, uh, we'll depart today. I will have a Friday pod. I think I'm going to do some NFL draft stuff. It's been a while. Uh, Murph's been ducking me, uh, cause he's just heartbroken over everything. So I will, uh, I'll do my, do some NFL draft stuff for the people on Friday. And uh sure preview the Brewers Cardinals get get ready and golden keg recap for uh for the Brewers and Mets series. Anything else for people, Mitch, before we sign off? Uh that is it for me. All right, buddy. Take care, guys. We'll be back next week with we'll playoff preview. See you later. See ya. Peace.